My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. So we are in the Gospel of St. Mark today in a section in which the Lord performs quite a few miracles. Like when he feeds the 5,000 people at at the drop of a hat, and then he casually walks on the water on the way to Bethsaida, and then he heals a few sick people, he takes care of that Syrophoenician woman and her daughter, who had been tormented by an evil spirit, then there's a deaf man, and uh, he feeds more crowds with food. So, well, the Pharisees are watching all this, and uh, they see that this is uh, making him quite popular. These miracles are not just convenient cures. They're not just like professional health care at low cost. They're really changing hearts. And as they see these signs of credibility, people are changing. They're beginning to believe in Jesus. Because if you see someone cured so instantaneously or a deaf person with slurred speech who has a hard time to understand and now that person suddenly is speaking clearly and distinctly with his new and golden voice, well, you're going to realize that Jesus must have a unique power. And it was not a stretch for a skeptic to rethink his own skepticism in front of these things. To admit that Jesus was doing something well, quite unparalleled, something that could indicate that it would come from a divine, divine source. And so this, no doubt, was what normal people were talking about when they saw all these things with their own eyes, or even when they heard about it from other families. And you and I, too, would be taken aback, I think, unless you're a Pharisee. When they saw this, or heard about it, eh, they started to argue amongst themselves. And it would have been a heated debate. Some would quote some obscure passage from Scripture. Others would look at their biblical commentaries. Others thought that he was using the devil to do this. And, well, maybe some thought there was something to him. But the debate was on. And I'm sure it was not pretty. So imagine, after seeing all these signs, they still themselves actually ask again for a sign. That's what we hear in today's gospel. They ask him for a sign. They demand that the Lord will just like pull one out of his pocket and with that they will decide for themselves. They're kind of saying, like, do another sign. Do something else. Of course, Jesus could see that their hearts were hardened. They were like hearts that were impenetrable. They made these hostile demands of our Lord to kind of prove his claims. So I think Jesus was really affected by all this hostility. He sighed from the very depths of his spirit and he said, Why does this generation seek a sign? He sighed. It was like an expression of deep pain. It was like the opposite of indifference. He was truly pained by their hardness of heart. He had this sigh, a clenched fist, a 
furrowed brow, the shaking of his head. He could see that they were using all their ingenuity to kind of obscure their minds, you know, in front of the brightness of the Word of God and, and the works of God. He saw this hardness of hearts, this inner refusal, this kind of digging in of their heels, this big, rotund, no, we're not going to believe. So naturally, well, of course, I mean, in front of that, he's going to refuse to provide a miracle on demand, as though he were some kind of, like, magician. So if what they had already seen did not convince them, and all those other miracles, well, then nothing would. Really, their opposition was really quite moral. It was like a spiritual opposition. And there were clearly layers of pride there, a kind of unwillingness to believe. And this really saddened the Lord Jesus. And so we can ask in our prayer today, what does it really mean to have a hard heart? Maybe we think that, well, we would never make such demands of Jesus. We would never be like these terrible Pharisees. We would have believed, you know, like in all the miracles, uh, just hearing his words and dogma, like, oh yeah, I would really believe. I would never be like those crazy, mean Pharisees. But is this really true? Maybe we too are actually missing the signs of a hard heart right now in our own life. Maybe I too am missing the signs. You know, they say people walk around for quite a while feeling tired, low energy. They have maybe this pain in their arm. And they don't realize they're actually having a heart attack. They don't see that their heart muscles have kind of been thickened. So they figure that their breathlessness is pretty normal after going up, you know, the small flight of stairs or they cough while they're lying down or they have this fatigue or, I don't know, chest issues or the swelling of the legs. And, you know, clinically they say that all those things are signs of cardiomyopathy, you know, like the thickening of the heart. It's literally like the heart muscles are like thick and it, the heart like has trouble pumping blood to the rest of the body. Naturally, those are symptoms, and you'd have to get yourself checked out by the doctor right away. But the hardness of a heart that is in the Pharisees, and that you and I might be experiencing, well, that's something kind of similar but different. It has to do more with our capacity to love, our openness to God's plans, our readiness to sacrifice, our own simplicity, our humility. Maybe there are a lot of things that one could fit into this spiritual disease we call the hardness of the heart. I mean, we live day to day, card, you know, bringing with us that, that hardened heart of ours that we, we bring into the, to the grocery store, to work, to church, even to our relationships as we allow its evidence to slip off our tongues or stew in our thoughts, like when we're moody. And often that hardness of heart, we don't even realize it, that we have the symptoms of, a, of having a hard heart. Lord, I ask you, Jesus, help me to pick up the signs, lest I become like one of those Pharisees. If we could see the signs, on our spiritual radar. I mean, 
when you think about it, our physical heart is pretty in, impressive what it can do. It's like a human engine of sorts. It disperses life flow from the very first moment of our conception until the very last moment in which we breathe our last breath. And it sends blood throughout the body in an amazingly organized manner. And I mean, it impacts right down to the, our tiptoes and, and our fingers. So if we were to not have blood circulating, circulating well, we'd, like we'd be dead. And St. Paul makes this connection, underlining that it is so essential that we believe honestly with our heart and that without it, we cannot actually be saved. Like he says in his letter to the Romans, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe, he says, in your heart that God raised him from the dead, well, you will be saved. You will be saved. It has to do with your heart. And indeed, our Lord himself quotes from Isaiah about the callousness of a heart. For this people has grown callous. Their ears are dull of hearing. This people is heart has grown callous and he says he says uh, they hear with their ears they understand with their heart that I should heal them so we have a hard heart when we refuse to understand God's plan when we're not open to supernatural vision when you know when we experience failure or injury sometimes we just demand that everything goes smoothly and we could get very frustrated even angry with god we demand a smoother ride but isn't that a sign of a hard heart maybe now you want your marriage to go much smoother you want your spouse to go like like you know to be much better in this or in that and maybe they're just like turmoil sometimes Maybe those problems at home or, or with your kids have made you bitter, have made you anger or sad or even obsessive. Couldn't that maybe be a sign of a hard heart? You know, one of the clearest signs of a hard heart is when we entertain bitterness or we entertain resentment due to the hurt caused by others. And maybe our imagination goes wild. We see ourselves as victims. We end up grumpy. We are annoyed. Why me? Just like a person with cholesterol will notice how he's out of breath when he's going up the stairs. You know, we too must notice an edge, like a kind of a negativity, a critical spirit, like in our conversations or just in our head. These are warning signs. You know, if we allow that inner chatter or that inner complaint to go on. I suppose I could give you other examples, but I'll just quote to you a, a passage from Furrow in a chapter called The Heart. I quote to, here, to you here number 800 in Furrow. He says, Don't doubt it. The heart has been created to love. Let us therefore bring our Lord Jesus Christ into all the love that we feel. Otherwise, the empty heart takes revenge and fills itself up with the most despicable vileness. Hey, let's imagine that. Lord, I don't want to have a hard heart. We ask our Blessed Mother hey, to refine it, hey, 
fine-tune it for love. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.